no one in the city is screaming out for chemical laden food. You know, they're not saying I want more GMO corn. They're saying I want good, clean, healthy food to feed my family. So that, that opportunity for those farmers doing the right thing, growing the right food and doing it well in an environment where they're doing it sustainably and ethically, there's such a great opportunity. Welcome to the Toxic Fox Show, a podcast for purpose-driven conscious business owners and entrepreneurs who give a damn about sustainability, ethics and well-being. This is episode number six and I'm Diana Barnett, your host. I first came across today's guest at the 2015 Conscious Capitalism Conference in Sydney. He was one of the speakers and he introduced the concept of feeders and eaters rather than farmers and consumers. He also discussed the importance of knowing where and how your food is grown and more importantly, who grows your food. Although food is medicine and the basis of our health, many have lost touch with where their food comes from and how it's grown. Today I'm speaking with Charlie Arnott, biodynamic and organic farmer. He likes to be known as a feeder that keeps you healthy. All his details are in the show notes. Before I head over to the interview, I want to thank you for subscribing, reviewing, rating and sharing this podcast. It really means a lot to me and it means that I can keep the show going and improving and working on it. Now let's head over to hear the conversation with Charlie. I start by asking him how would he introduce himself at a party when asked the question, what do you do? I would say that I'm a a biodynamic farmer, so I use enhanced organics to produce food that I sell to direct to customers, and uh, I'm on a mission to change the agricultural industry to promote uh, social and cultural and economic change by connecting city people with with, uh, farming communities, uh, by uh, encouraging enterprise between those farmers and uh, young entrepreneurial uh, people from the city. So hopefully uh, that should um, get people uh, asking more questions and being a little more curious. Yeah. And so how long have you been doing this? I've been doing, I guess, I've been selling direct to consumers for a couple of years now, uh, or customers, I should say. I don't really like the word consumer, but um, certainly our customers. Uh, for a couple of years, we've been farming using biodynamics and not using chemicals for probably 10 years. Uh, and before that, uh, when I uh, went home uh, from from having done a, a university degree, science degree, uh, I went home to a farm that was run very conventionally, so using a lot of chemical uh, to produce plants and uh, crops and uh, pasture and, and animals. And uh, I did that for a few years before uh, I decided that um, there's probably a better way to do things and I was more conscious about uh, what I was doing as a farmer and where the products were going that I was producing and what 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 the use of chemical, um, you know, plant and animal chemicals uh, was doing to the environment and those those um, those organisms really. Was there a specific turning point or was it just gradual? Um, I guess there was a turning point. I'd always been quite conscious about it, uh, health conscious, even though I was running around spraying everything with chemical. I was sort of, I knew that I didn't feel right. Uh, I then went to probably 10 or 12 years ago, I listened to a gentleman called Hamish Mackay who spoke about biodynamics. I'd heard about biodynamics before, but he really uh, interested me in, 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 in the use of it in agriculture and, and what it meant, um, uh, you know, for human health and the environment. So I guess 
yeah, 10, 12 years ago, I, I made a, a conscious decision to to look much deeper into the alternatives. Uh, I think only a year or two after that, I we started um, using biodynamics on our farm. Um, I then met my beautiful wife 10 years ago, and she was very um, health conscious uh, and that was, I guess that was the final straw. You know, I, I didn't want to be spraying chemical in, in the environment on our farm where um, we were living uh, and our children would, 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 would be living. And, um, you know, if it's, if it's not good enough for our children, then why would we think it was okay to still use on animals and plants and everything? So um, I guess that was a couple of, a couple of turning points there, but um, it all led to where we are now. So just for th- those of us that aren't... Uh uh, completely up to speed with it. What's the difference between biodynamic, organic, and certified organic, and what sort of process do you need to get through that, and how did you handle that? Well, I guess just to be um, clear, we're not certified um, organic or biodynamic. Um, there is a process by which um, uh, producers can be certified, and, and it's a, um, a, a fairly extensive audit Um uh, on a business to make sure they're not using chemicals and, and um, uh, in the production of whatever they're, they're, they're growing or producing. Uh, we decided we do vacillate a bit, uh, whether we will go for certification or not, but currently we're thinking that we'd like to be certified by the community. So uh, we'd like to think that um, our transparency and our, uh, the quality of the products speak for themselves. Um, if anyone wants to know what we do and how we do it, we're most most um, uh, very happy to have people visit us and see what we're doing. Um, my, I, I guess, to the definition of organic and biodynamic is organic is w- without the use of um, man-made fertilisers and chemicals. Mm-hmm. So essentially, working with nature and using nature's resources to produce um, food and fibre. Yep. Um, biodynamics is enhanced organic, so uh, it's the addition or use of um, uh, preparations, which are uh, plant materials and animal materials to produce um, uh, composts and, and, and I guess, essentially fertilisers, not to get mixed up with man-made fertilisers, soil additives, which promote um, productivity and vitality and and biology in the soil yep. and, in, and in animals. So that's the difference, I guess, there. Uh, and we, you know, I've tasted a lot of uh, not very tasty organic food. You know, I don't think that um, when, when something is necessarily certified organic that it is necessarily um, a higher quality. Yes, it, is, it, it doesn't have chemicals in it, which is a really wonderful thing. Uh, but some organic products... Uh, perhaps produced um, uh, without chemical but also without consideration of what the plant and the soil really needs to grow that. Um, Biodynamics really fills that gap uh, if one's using biodynamics and it's considerate of um, the time of the month, the time of the year, even the time of the day in its use and application. So it's it's really getting in touch with with nature and and working with nature. Uh, Being organically certified certainly means you have to work with nature but I, I feel that um, the certification, whilst has a lot of merit, um, it doesn't always certify for quality. It certifies for compliance with the guidelines. So, um, but we, we may go for certification in the future and 
um, but we're still weighing that up at the moment. Okay. So you've got the one farm that you do this. Do you have a t- how big's your team that you work with to run your farm? Um, I have a farm manager, Rob Young, uh, who's just joined us, uh, and uh, he's just new to biodynamics. He's relishing the opportunity to uh, learn and, and start using it. Uh, we have uh, Jane in our office um, who does our admin. Um, she's a farmer herself, so she's um, great to have on deck and uh, is a sort of the, the the focus for the business there. Uh, uh, Daniel Hayes is a young man that we've got on recently who um, does some work for us and where uh, we are uh, going into business and collaborating with Daniel in the near future to create uh, some of the cultural enterprise um, businesses that I mentioned before. Uh, it could be meat, meat chickens and egg-laying chickens and pigs and vegetables and honey or whatever whatever we decide we can we can put together and you know, how, how best we can use the resources on our farm and our, our skills, combined skills, to produce food and fibre and, um, and create some business that way. So that's really the team. We have other agents. Um, uh, but, you know, it's a small team but um, very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, you know, it's, it's sort of we do use some machinery, uh, tractor and um, utes and things, but we, we try and uh, burn as little diesel as we can. Um, and uh, as I said, our, our team, I think, is really effective. And um, we're all the beauty of it is that we, we we've attracted a team of people who are, who think the same. You know, we have the same philosophy about health. You know, not using chemical, um, animal husbandry. Uh, you know, the 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 working with nature philosophy. Um, you know, we'd much rather get out there. Uh, and work with animals and nature and, and understand nature and how best to best utilise our resources, then, you know, working against nature is is really can be really stressful, can be very expensive, um, and it's, it's been counterproductive. Uh, you really need a lot of inputs, a lot of man-made inputs generally, to reverse the, I guess, the uh, uh, reverse nature's progress, you know, much better to, 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 to surf with the wave and than sort of, you know, try and paddle against it. So uh, and it's just a it's just a, a mindset. There's, there's nothing too complicated about having that sort of a, um, a a change in attitude. As a farmer I did it successfully and uh, really anyone can. So how did you attract these pe- like minded people? Or how did you find them? Well, it's a good question. Daniel found us. Um, probably found us on the internet and rang up and said, I want to work for you guys, and we sort of fleshed out a few ideas, and, and that was probably a few months ago. Now he, he's there. Uh, we advertised for, for Rob um, as a farm, new farm manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing with Rob is that he didn't have any of the training that we were looking for. Um, we looked for a particular type of training in holistic farm management, animal husbandry, and... Um, uh, and, 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 a, and, a, and a background in organics or use of biodynamics. And Rob didn't have any of that, but I knew he had the potential. He had the right philosophy. He had the right attitude. And so we we chose him as, you know, as our, our, as our prime candidate because I know in six or 12 months' time he'll be um, everything we need in a manager. Uh, so that was different to, to Daniel. Jane is uh, a local. She's nearby. She's... Um, uh, a real trooper and you know she's she, she um it makes perfect sense for jane to be there because she knows the area she has a similar philosophy um and really that's that's our close team 
Uh, we have Elle Marie, actually. She's in the garden a day a week. She, um, she tends to our vegetables and she's like a little fairy. She flutters around there and does, you know, produces amazing food in the vegetable garden. And we've got Graham in the garden as well. He's there a couple of days a week and uh, he's been there for 30 years. So, um, you know, we tend to, I like to think we can, we, we have loyal staff and, and, and we, we treat them well. And, and again, when we, when we have an abundance mentality, uh, and, and we're inclusive and we're transparent, I think you tend to attract, you know, a certain sort of person. I think we've, right. yep. we've found them. So if you're in your local area, are there many farmers like yourself? No, not really. Um, I think I'm the only biodynamic farmer for, for miles around. I couldn't even say. Um, oh, there's, there's, there's one guy just to the south of Bora who, who, who used to be biodynamic. I'm not sure if he's even there anymore. Um, probably for 50 or 100 kilometres around, there's, there's probably not too many people doing organics even. Uh, there, is a, there is a change. I, I do know of more farmers in our area who uh, are more conscious about the use of chemical. They may not be organic and may not have got rid of chemical altogether, but they're certainly moving away from that, uh, which is fantastic. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm a bit of a lone ranger there. Yeah. So um, does that concern you because of you've got, you know, blow-offs of chemicals and all that from other farms coming onto your farm or how do you manage that? Well, it's hard to manage. Uh, I don't worry too much about it. Yeah. Um, our neighbours are quite conscious. I don't send them, you know, I don't, don't say you can't spray on these days when the wind's blowing this direction, that sort of thing. Uh, generally, we uh, they're conscious that we, we don't use chemicals. Um, there's not too much chemical spraying around. There's probably animal... Um, drenches and things that are used but uh really again not being certified um uh i don't want that chemical on my property at all but you can't help some drift every now and again it it, it irks me that that happens but i can't stop yeah. them from doing what they're doing you know i've chosen to be uh this way in amongst my neighbors and they're all wonderful neighbors too i might add there's um uh i, I don't feel um uh, like a shag on a rock where i am at all you know they're generally conventional farmers but we're all conscious of what we do um, in our different ways. So, yeah, we, uh, we work well together. So if we just move away from that and to your, your um, customer or your eater. Eater, yeah. Yeah, your word. Um, mm. So who is your target eater, your target market, your ideal eater? Well, I guess our ideal eater is someone who wants to know where the food's from. They want to eat clean, healthy food. Uh, they have a, a healthy awareness um, about, you know, health and the health of their family. Uh, and really it's interesting, the, you know, that, that can be young people, you know, in school, still in schools, just straight out of school, you know, young entrepreneurs straight out of uni or training and or it could be families. And um, we've found that there's no tight criteria for, um, for for the people who are looking for our product and, and, and other, you know, uh, organic or, or chemical-free products. Um, I guess the good news is that there's a lot of them out there and that's a growing uh, portion of the population and they're more vocal and social media is um, one of their tools and they vote with their feet and they vote with their wallets and, you know, combine, all of that combined with better technology and better transport and all those things, it's actually a, it's a, it's a very um, healthy opportunity for any farmer to get into because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's right for the picking. People want the food 
and if you can produce good food, then you will have a you'll you'll have a good uh, solid um, clientele. So where do you um, are you restricted by region, or do you do all of Australia, or? No, we're only just getting some uh, getting meat into Sydney at the moment. We have done some local um, stuff as well. It's interesting that um, uh, I hadn't really thought much about it before. We've always eaten our own meat and, and own fruit and veggies, but not many farmers actually eat their own meat, right. uh, even though they produce a lot of it. I mean, some do. I shouldn't say none do, but, you know, it's certainly um, maybe not as uh, as much of a habit in, in other farmers as it is for us to to eat our own meat and grow our own veggies. Um, so we have been selling a bit locally. Um, generally Sydney uh, and Canberra is probably next on our radar. Um, we'd like to sell more uh, bodies of beef straight to butchers. Uh, mm-hmm. That's easier for us to do. It's a very simple um, process of, of uh, processing them at, at, at our end and then getting those those bodies to um, to butchers uh, anywhere we can get them. But look, one day in Australia, I'd, li- I'd like to be able to get it all over Australia, and that would probably be not so much just my meat. I'm also involved in a um, an online uh, meat um, distribution uh, service called Butch- Butcher Man, which is uh, allowing um, customers to connect directly with their local butchers uh, within their postcode. Uh, or surrounding area, and they can choose and buy meat online and have it delivered the next day. So, so what's the name of that? Butcher Man. Butcher Man. Butcher Man. Yeah. So what that's really doing is 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 it's creating a a community of butchers again because once upon a time, you know, farmers and butchers used to work really closely, and and, and most butchers had relationships directly with the farmers and knew where their meat was from, and and there were there weren't the number of wholesalers in the system that there is now, and certainly. Um, you know, 70 or more percent of meat, all meat um, uh, bought is bought in a supermarket. So, you know, the, the butchers have really suffered um, in terms of their turnover and, and, their, and their customer base. So what we're doing is we're creating a community of butchers and, and just like I am, am, am supporting the, the Who's Your Farmer movement, uh, what we also want to do is support a Who's Your Butcher movement. And get people buying, you know, getting to the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. We need to get back to that connection with our butchers, connection with our meat, connection with our farmer. So that's another uh, wonderful thing that we're involved in to help promote, um, you know, butchers meat and get that to uh, get them to connect with their, uh, their customers. So if you if you're looking at your consumer, and I'll come back to about who's your butcher, but consumer and trade. Do you do much with trade? I mean, as in cafes, restaurants and that sort of stuff? Or? No, I don't. Um, look, I'd like to again, but, you know, until our, our, our volumes increase a lot more, um, the cafes and restaurants tend to just want the primary cuts. They want the nice steaks and the fillets and, and those sort of things. Some are looking, you know, some of the secondaries like Osso Buco and the more trendy sort of um, cuts. But it's unless you've got a, a big turnover, it's hard to just supply them with those the small portion of the of the of the carcass, um, really, a, a business like ours, uh, you know, any business that's selling beef, um, really needs to think hard about, you know, the primary objective is to sell the secondary cuts, um, because the, the primary cuts, all the yummy ones we like to buy, uh, they they'll just walk out the door. It's the how you use the secondary cuts, and a lot of that goes into sausages, and we do, you know, special. Um, 
uh, herb sausages and so on, gluten-free, preservative-free sausages, and you do mince and rissoles and things. So, um, yeah, that's uh, it's, so it's, so it's hard to, to really uh, look after those restaurants and cafes when you're, when you're our size. Okay. So if you go back to the consumer, you how do you reach your customers? Um, you said social media and what other – how do you use social media? Well, I, I, I hope I use it effectively. I really had no training in social media. I guess um, I wasn't really even on Facebook before we, we, we cranked up a couple of years ago. But it's, I, I find it really really um, effective. Um, it's nice to feel that you're getting, you know, you get direct feedback, um, feedback from customers who've, who've bought the products, but also, you know, feedback from just your interested clients who just want to know what you're doing and they're interested in biodynamics or moving cattle or Growing veggies, it's um, it's nice to get that um, uh, I guess that, that connection with them and that feeling of of some some sort of a co-producing collaboration is 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 really what it is, which is great. Uh, we have a website um, which uh, we post videos uh, that we make um, at home, just in the paddock or moving cattle or in the kitchen. Um, lots of photos, um, uh, some blogs as well. Uh, so I, I guess I, it's whatever sort of is happening at the time in the season, uh, whatever's in front of me, I'll take a photo of. So I, I hopefully it's quite effective. Um, uh, what I do have is the opportunity in a, in a couple of months' time of, of being um, chosen as one of the uh, Landcare Australia ambassadors they're, they're for a campaign they're, they're launching in six weeks called um, From Farm to Fork. Yeah. And... Um, uh, there's a showcase in Sydney on the 6th of September. Um, they're, uh, they're taking over Wynyard Park and they've got making a bit of a farmyard sort of a situation there and, and uh, the other ambassadors and I will be having a bit of a chat with people and talking about our products and that sort of thing. So I guess there has been those opportunities to speak with people en masse, um, which is fantastic as long as I can string my words together and make some sense. You do that very well. <laughs> Thanks, Don. Listening to Charlie Arnott, a biodynamic and organic farmer that wants to change the way farmers view their businesses and the consumer, their food, and where it comes from. A big thank you to sevencanaries.com.au for supporting the show. Back to our conversation. You're using social media. How else are you? Are people finding out about you? And, oh, sorry. And one other thing is that land care. Uh, you're in, is that New South Wales only, or is that Australia? No, wide? it's Australia wide. Yeah, uh, Landcare, Landcare Australia is the is, is the the organisation that's doing the, uh, the the campaign across Australia. Yeah. And did you have to apply for that, or did they knock on your door? No, I um, I was part of a panel at last year's um, National Landcare Conference in Melbourne. Uh, it was their 25, 25th year of of, um, of operation, and they were celebrating those twenty five years. Uh, and uh, that's how they contact me, having been part of that, I guess. So no, no, no nominations. Um, someone within the organisation um, remembered that and, and uh, got in touch with me. So uh, really thrilled to be part of that, that, um, that campaign. I think it's, it's great that, camp, that, 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 um, that Landcare is promoting it. So it's not a food group necessarily. It's not a, um, <clears throat> you know, a, a, a sort of a profit uh, driven uh, business. It's actually a, um, a not-for-profit who is who who are you know their foundation is land care and caring for the environment. So for them to sort of start connecting um, 
the production of good, clean, healthy food in good, clean, healthy environments and promoting that to, to people, uh, probably more city people than, than, than any, uh, I think that's a really big step forward and, and great that Landcare has, um, uh, is helping to join the dots like that. And, and I guess it's a, it's a, it represents the change that uh, the general population is making, that businesses is making, and, um, you know, it's a, it's a really healthy sign that, uh, you know, for farmers who want to produce clean, healthy food, whether it be organic or biodynamic or, or certified or whatever, but, you know, if they're willing to connect with the people that they're selling their food to and and be responsible, I think the really big thing is that they're being responsible for that production. And when I was um, uh, many years ago, my philosophy was that I am uh, – producing a commodity to sell to commodity traders. Uh, now the biggest change in my business is, is my philosophy that I'm actually growing food to feed people. So, you know, I, I am acknowledging the responsibility I have to those, those, those customers uh, and, and the health or otherwise that I bring to their family. And, again, there's an opportunity for farmers to value-add their products if they're doing it, you know, chemical-free and, 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 and ethically. Uh, and, and, tap into, and to tap into that opportunity. So how do you value add your products? Well, we, um, we still sell uh, some cattle to the, um, uh, traditionally to the sale yards. Uh, I'd rather not be doing that. Uh, I'd like to see one day that we sell all the animals um, directly to uh, customers. So at the moment we're, uh, we're selling some um, carcasses straight to butchers um, and uh, we are selling some uh, beef in boxes, so they're 20 kilo boxes, and there's a there's a, there's a there's a variety of cuts in there um, uh, that that the families can enjoy, and we're putting in recipes so they get to um, not be too scared about some of the cuts, like also buco and and skirt steak and those sort of things, which can you know it, it's some of the the sweetest meat and can produce you know you can turn them into some of the yummiest um, dishes. Uh, we all tend to get a bit carried away with eye fillet and, 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 and sirloin, that sort of thing. But um, So that's how we're, we're um, evaluating. Uh, we'd like to start doing some lamb, um, uh, if not at the end of this year, early next year. Uh, and also there's other products, there's some fruit and vegetables, and we have got fruit trees. So there's some sort of um, uh, cooked, you know, pickled and preserved uh, jams and relishes and things we'll probably start producing as well. So... Uh, small steps uh, first, but um, that's where we plan to go. Did I do I remember correctly that you also have a sort of visit visit your farm and farm stays on your property? Is that correct, you know, Diana? We do have we do teach other farmers uh, how to use biodynamics. We we host a, a uh, uh, introduction to biodynamics course probably once a year, once every eighteen months, mm-hmm. with with Hamish Mackay and John Priestley, two wonderful. Uh, gentlemen who um, who come down for two days and and uh, and teach other farmers how to do that. They've they've both been doing it all their lives. They're they're, they're very clever, very very intuitive men, um, and know, have all the answers. They're quite amazing. So we do uh, biodynamics. We've also done an introduction, uh, sorry, an advanced biodynamics course, which talks uh, and teaches more about the cosmic sort of the, the less earthly aspects of biodynamics, which can be quite hard to understand. Um, uh, and we're also uh, hosting uh, in a few months' time a biofertiliser course uh, for three days as well with Regen Ag, 
uh, and uh, those guys are coming down and, and um, teaching our we've got pretty full full course uh, for that one. Um, how how farmers can use on farm resources to produce the fertilisers that uh, they can use on their pastures and with their animals, uh, where they might normally or, or currently be buying from uh, their agents in town, and, and it probably being man-made, uh, you can actually create your own um, on-farm uh, product. So uh, we're open to also, you know, anyone else has got any suggestions, we're happy to host them. But generally, we're all about, you know, sharing the love and, and, and sharing that the opportunity for people to come on farm and see what we're doing uh, and take home, you know, something from that. But predominantly farmers, not other, not not eaters? Uh, yes, eaters in the future. We've been um, talking about it for some time now and we, we will be holding um, some uh, cooking classes. Uh, what we'd love to do is actually have uh, people, eaters, come down and, 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 and learn biodynamics and how to propagate uh, plants and veggies, put them in the garden and then come back in six or eight um, weeks' time, depending on the time of the year, and actually harvest those veggies and then take them into the kitchen, prepare them, uh, cook them and eat them. So uh, in the world of Steiner and biodynamics, we, we talk about external cultivation, which is the production of uh, animals and, and, and plants outside of the, the home, the kitchen. And then there's the the internal cultivation, which is what happens once it, once it enters the kitchen. And there's obviously cleaning and preparation and, and 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 producing you know wonderful dishes. So we'd like to have a it's probably long sort of a drawn out course, but we'd quite like to do that. Uh, not doing farm stay yet, uh, but what we would like to do um, is promote other farmers you know that, that, are, that are producing food, um, uh, and 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 would consider the opportunity of having farmers to come down that we could you know have a have a bit of a tour for a day or two where. Uh, if they if, if people can't stay on a farm, at least they can come down and visit different different types of production. So okay. um, there's there's so many different opportunities that um, uh, we haven't even explored yet, and, and a lot of other farmers haven't either. So mm-hmm. I first heard you speak, just moving this along into an, from where I at the Conscious Capitalism Conference, which I sure. spoke about before, and you were talking about a campaign that you're starting, and you've got a Facebook. Um, page um with who's your farmer can you tell us who's a bit your more? farmer yeah who's your farmer yeah. tell us a bit more why that where how it came about why that and where you see it going sure well i guess it all started when we started value adding uh last year um we thought we were doing a pretty good job at growing good food we, we were doing biodynamics for some years and we then decided we, we didn't want to just send, sell these things into the sale yards. We, we, we would love people to appreciate the value that would be put in there and the value that they would, they would find when they buy it. So, um, and there's lots of other farmers doing the same thing. Uh, some really good products are being produced out in the country. What, well, what I also found at the same time, what I started to appreciate is that there are a lot of people in the city who, as I've said before, are looking for... And, you know, the opportunity to, to, to source good quality, clean, you know, ethically raised and produced food. Um, it's, a growing, it's a growing market. Uh, what there wasn't was a bit in the middle that actually helped connect the farmers who are producing the really good food, the feeders, I call them, and the eaters in the city who wanted to eat that good food. And whilst the portion in the city, that, that part of the population who was starting to appreciate, you know, the importance of good, clean, healthy food 
and, and, and connecting with the farmers and finding out where it's from and how it's produced. That portion was growing, but I thought, how can we actually get what, – what, what questions can we ask of those people in the city to make them think more about where it's from? And, and, and the whole who's your farmer um, thing grew from there. And, and I guess the, the comparison I make is when I ask people in the city, you know, to try and help uh, highlight this disconnect or current disconnect is, you know, uh, have you got a doctor? And they say, yeah, I've got a doctor. How, how often do you need your doctor? Oh, every couple of months. And, and you know their name? Yeah, Dr. Jones or whatever. And, and I help them identify that whilst they need a doctor and know them well, they don't need them very often. And then I ask them, who's your farmer? And they look at me blankly and I say, well, how often do you need a farmer? And they generally say, you know, three, three times a day. And I said, well, you need a doctor every three months and you know them really well. You need a farmer three times a day and you don't even know one. So well, why is there this disparity between you know, the importance we place on the people we need in our life? And it made me, you know, makes them think, are they connecting with the people that really matter? Are their children connecting with the people who matter? Um, you know, if we all had a farmer, if, if, if not just families but businesses considered, you know, a farmer as, in, as part of their sort of suite of healthcare professionals, you know, if we, if we all had a farmer, then we probably wouldn't need to go to the doctor as often, you know, because that farmer would be producing food, um, healthy food. Uh, you have the choices to where your food comes from. Uh, and the interesting thing is that there's not – no one in the city is screaming out for chemical-laden food. You know, they're not saying, I want more GMO corn. They're saying, I want good, clean, healthy food to feed my family. So that, that opportunity for those farmers doing the right thing, growing the right food – and doing it well in an environment where they're doing it sustainably and ethically, there's such a great opportunity. So the Who's Your Farmer campaign is really there to, to help you know, get them thinking, get them curious and get them have that sort of awareness about, wow, no, you know, I don't have a farmer. Why don't I have a farmer? And then the next question is, well, how, how do I find one? You know, so, um, and again, getting back to the, 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 the butcher man, the opportunity to connect butchers and, and customers, there's a great opportunity to use that to connect farmers and 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 customers as well. You know, use the same the, the same opportunity there. So um, that that's really it. But it really that question, that one question really gets some thinking it's, it's really powerful. And I, I and I don't think many people have actually been asked that question before. Um, and when they do, it really gets some thinking, you know. There's probably a touch there's probably a pang of guilt. There's probably a pang of uh, Oh wow! You know, am I doing the right thing? Who do I need to connect with? How do I do it? And then, you know, it can only be a good thing. Um, there's lots of opportunity to connect. What's going to happen with this campaign or this movement that you're doing? What's your? Where do you want to take it? How is the aim to help me, the consumer, reach my farmer, and to have a bit there? Um, businesses, how can they connect with farmers? Well, look, to be honest, I don't have all the answers. What, what I do know, and I don't really know, need to have all the answers, I, I think what, what, what I'm trying to set up, what I will set up is is an awareness yep. in both farmers that they can value add, they can, they, can, they can achieve greater value or, or the outcome of greater value financially and socially and, you know, and economically, you know, by, by them being aware of what the consumer wants. They're doing a good job anyway, but with some tweaks, uh, they can value add. The awareness I also want to build in the consumer is obvious that, that you know, to get them thinking about where's it from, who produced it, and, 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 and get them thinking why, why aren't I 
you know, why aren't I feeding my family, you know, good, healthy, clean food? That's my responsibility as a parent. Um, and even businesses, you know, businesses can get, uh, can, can um, bring their, you know, hopefully connect with a farmer and bring their, their staff and their clients down to a farm uh, for a retreat or, you know, get their food from there or just even just connect with nature. So I guess if I can connect city and country via food and via knowledge and awareness, yep. um, that my job is done insofar as I want to, if I can facilitate a connection, how strong the connection is, um, what the detail is, is really up to those involved. You know, people will have a have a preferred region they want to connect with, you know, in terms of, of, of a district and a, and a farming community, um, a type of food or, a, you know, really it's up to them. I just want to give them the opportunity to connect and, and, and from there it will grow because the value, the economic, the social, the cultural value and environmental value of those connections, it, it'll just be a runaway train, I think. And, and what I really would love is for, you know, every farmer to to consider this because it's an opportunity. It doesn't cost you anything to um, to, to, to really uh, use some social media and promote your products. And if people like what you're doing, they will find you. It's really quite easy. You know, you might want to have a website. Um, there are other ways that, that, that farmers can connect, can connect. But, you know, I'd love for farmers to be more aware and, and, um, uh, and if those city guys, you know, who are already using social media and, technology savvy they can find people who push a button you've just got to give them ask them that question so they actually it, it, it prompts them to want to find out so i think it's um uh it's going to go somewhere it really struck a chord at that conscious capitalism conference so my question here is is how do you tie that conscious capitalism movement and your who's your farmer in with and one of your um comments at the beginning was you um innovative entre- young entrepreneurs you were Great wanting question. to touch base with them and i'm just what yeah. where's, where's your mind going with that well that's the interesting thing is there's there's clearly you know city people uh population that wants to connect with their food and know where it's from is also a part of that population who, who just don't want to eat good food they want to grow it you know so there's a, there's a wonderful opportunity for um, young people who are uh, tech savvy, they're young, they're enthusiastic, they're motivated, they want to change careers, change lifestyle. Um, they see the country as an opportunity to do that. People in the country generally, um, you know, we've been here for a long time and we can sometimes get a bit um, uh, blinkered by the opportunity and, and what, how lucky we really are, you know. So you've got these young people who, who have all these wonderful experiences and skills, a lot that farmers don't have. The thing they don't, the thing these city guys don't have is capital and the opportunity to to grow food and go somewhere and start creating enterprise and business. On the other side is the farmer who <clears throat> is skilled, um, has lots of resources. They've got they've got soil, they've got water, they've got you know sunshine, air, you know sheep, cattle, grass. They've got the whole thing, you know, and 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 lots of skills and experience. But they and they also generally. Um, income poor but asset rich so they've got lots of resources that they're not using pro- you know, as well as they probably could so what we can do is get these two groups of people um, to come together um, and create business and enterprise and uh, it also you know this collaboration as I've said before there's economic and social and cultural benefits for the rural communities you start putting 
one extra person on every second farm in a, in a district like Burrawa, you know, the population explodes. Um, the, the, the skills they bring to a rural community, and that's one of the biggest problems we've got in, in agriculture at the moment, is we can have all the policy, legislation, export opportunities, um, fastest internet, all these wonderful, you know, mechanisation and, and technology and advancements, but we don't have people on the ground actually doing it, then it, it won't matter. <clears throat> you know, we need more people, um, and they don't have to be highly skilled and highly educated. They just have to be willing to, to learn, willing to work hard, collaborate with farmers, better utilise the resources on farm, and this thing will just explode. So um, that's that's where I see it going. So it's, it's, it's who's your farmer. I mean, you know, these young people in the city could be farmers themselves, so it's almost like, Who's my farmer? Well, why why aren't I my own farmer? You know, why don't I move to the to the to the country, contribute, and be be my farmer and turn this whole thing right around? You know, so. So, are you working with people at the moment in that way? Yes, we've got Daniel, um, uh, who's on 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 uh, Hannah Minow, our farm. Uh, he's only been there a couple of weeks, so we're still working out how this all works. We're both really excited about it. Um, I've been to a few Joel Salatin um, uh, uh, workshops. Joel's a wonderful um, uh, farmer from the US um, and uh, he has a, a model whereby he he, go, he trains young guys and girls up and he goes into business with them doing this very thing. So I think there's a, there's a, there's a great model that he's got over there. It has to be adapted to, to our location in Australia and all those sort of things, but um, uh, it shouldn't be too hard to do. And look, we're, there's no clear model in Australia where... Uh, we're probably one of a few who are who are doing it. I, this model has been running in the dairy industry for a while, similar in that uh, young people move into the dairy industry and they start with a few cows and then they work their way up and then they get a whole mob and uh, and then maybe buy some land. So there are variations on it, but um, uh, you know what I'd love to do is create a model that can be adapted to any enterprise, any any um, production system. Uh, and it really has the elements of, of the people better using resources, you know, uh, the right location and the right um, the right the right uh, motivation, I guess, the right attitude to it. What's some advice that you would give to farmers that haven't taken this step yet into biodynamic, into chemical-free farming? Yeah, I guess um, they can do a couple of things. Is is is, is obviously do the homework into what alternative um, farming practices means you know, in, in, in terms of what can I take out of my, what could I potentially take out of my system um, that I don't need to replace? Uh, what do I take out of my system that I do have to replace? Like some chemicals, uh, when you take out of a system and you start managing things differently, grazing your pastures perhaps, um, uh, uh, we spray a lot of weeds in our pastures. Uh, a lot of chemical. When we started, we took the chemical out and we started managing those pastures differently. We didn't need the chemical. So there's not there's there's some very easy, quick um, uh, ways to adapt. Um, there are some chemicals you take out and there are some things you would have to put back in, but they might be an organic fertiliser or, or a biodynamic preparation. So there's, there is some, you know, something in, something out. Um, so I guess there's the, the management and the operational research that farmers might want to do. But there's also... Uh, again, getting in touch with consumers um, either directly or just sort of scoping out what opportunities there are in the city. And and that's a, uh, just to get a flavour of the opportunity, I guess. 
Um, and again, you know, internet and technology is wonderful. It doesn't take long to sort of scan the internet for, um, you know, uh, for groups of city people who want to buy good food, retailers in the city who are selling it. Um, you know, uh, there is currently a bit of a bit of a um, uh, you know a logistics issue that that uh, needs to be um, uh, uh, got around. You know, how do we get all this yummy food to the to the city? And, and that that that'll be solved soon enough. Um, so I think, and, and uh, you know, I think the biggest change, as I said before, that I made was just think about the responsibility that farmers have uh, in producing food. You know, not not a commodity that's just like you know um, uh, something that they would just sell, you know, per ton and God knows where it goes. You know, think about um, per kilo. You know, and think about the value per kilo. Think about the love and the 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 um, the dedication that farmers put into the the products. And the value they really deserve to get back for, for producing those those um, those products. So, um, being responsible, changing one's philosophy. Um, you know, think about the people you're actually who are actually buying your food, and and you know maybe if you're using a lot of chemical, what that what that might be doing to to those families. You know, I don't want to sound alarmist, but you know there, there's we have a choice as farmers. To use chemical or not, you know. Yes, some people might have to change their enterprises. Some people might have to stop doing things. I mean, I stopped cropping altogether um, because I I was not ready to do organic cropping. Um, you know, I thought that was too hard. That's too big a uh, bite. Uh, so I I did what was going to be easiest, and that's probably the the the, the way to start. You know, um, do it in small steps. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. Diana, I, thank you for the opportunity. I have um, learnt a lot today. So, Wonderful. And I think this Know Your Farmer is a fantastic, or Who Is Your Farmer? Yes. It's a fantastic campaign. And if there's any way that we can help support, I'd love to help support you in that direction. Wonderful, Diana. Thank you. Look, any support is um, most welcome. Um, and, uh, you know, if your listeners um, uh, are uh, social media savvy, as I said, you know, we do have a, so, a Facebook page and it's just asking a question. It's even asking your neighbours or your friends or your family. They don't, they don't have to sort of get online and do, do anything about it. Just just, just ask, um, you know, the, the, their friends, have they thought about that? And um, it, they'll see, they'll get some very interesting um, reactions, I'm sure, hopefully positive. But um, <laughs> we're, we're certainly having positive reactions to it anyway. So um, if people want to, to get in touch with you, how's the best way for them to do it? Um, on our website is probably the easiest. Um, uh, we have um, uh, charliearnett.com.au. That's pretty easy. Um, uh, Arnett as in biscuits uh, is our website there. We've got Facebook, uh, Instagram as well, but that's probably the easiest way. Um, and uh, and certainly on the butcher man, if they're interested in buying their meat, um, uh uh, online, um, good farm fresh meat from a local butcher. Uh, get online and check that one out as well. Uh, and if you if we don't have a butcher in your area, leave your email address and uh, we will make sure we approach those butchers in that area and get them on board so that um, they can get uh, your meat to you as quick as anything. So um, there's a few ways there, but uh, no, I, I'm, I'm excited about um, the opportunities that... Uh, that are out there. So um, Fantastic. thank you, Diana. You've been listening to Charlie Arnott, Biodynamic and Organic Farmer. 
I've certainly enjoyed the conversation with Charlie. I'd like to know what tips, tricks and insights resonated with you during the discussion. Here's three to start the conversation. When employing people, take on people who are aligned with your attitudes, values and philosophy. Even if they don't have the exact skills you want, skills can be taught. Values and attitudes are harder to get to align. Two, it's not necessary to have the answer to everything. Just do it. Three, change doesn't have to come from big steps. It's okay to take tiny, small steps. Charlie can be found on Facebook and his contact details are on the show notes. You can also ask him a question by leaving 90-second audio message on www.thetoxicfoxshow.com. Thank you everyone who has subscribed, rated and reviewed The Toxic Fox Show on your preferred platform. And thank you, Vince Jones, for the music, to the team that helps me pull this together, to Charlie for sharing his passion, and to you for listening. Till the next episode, thank you for being a business owner and entrepreneur that gives a damn.